Hey, Game Plan listeners, it's me, Rebecca Greenfield. And me, Francesca Levy. We're back. We wanted to tell you about our new show, Works For Me. If you loved Game Plan, you'll love this show. This is Game Plan on steroids. Instead of talking about work culture, we live it. We're human guinea pigs trying out productivity experiments on ourselves. And we're going to play the first episode right here, right now. But if you want to get the full experience, subscribe to Works For Me on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, that way you won't miss a single episode. We hope you love it. Bye. I'm Rebecca Greenfield, and this is how good I would be at my job if I had my life in order. Becca, this article you wrote is the best ever. Wow, thank you. It was all thanks to my to-do list. Hey, Becca, congrats on your promotion to head of the writers. It's easy to be productive when you're this organized. And the Pulitzer goes to... Rebecca Greenfield for her groundbreaking series on a very important topic. I'd like to thank being organized. It has changed everything. Of course, this is a ridiculous idea. But that kind of wish fulfillment drives a $10 billion self-help industry. We're told that one productivity hack will not just clean up your inbox, but change your life. But what tools actually work? And what hacks are worth it? That's what we're here to find out. Welcome to Works For Me, the show where we try to fix our workplace problems to find out what strategies will work for you. I'm Francesca Levy. And I'm Rebecca Greenfield. We all wish we could be the best versions of ourselves. And lucky for us, there are countless articles, apps, videos, and books that promise to make us better coworkers, or spouses, or human beings. Here's the key, do this. Anyone that has a goal, and they're moving towards it, they're successful. But at this phase, I wish someone would have grabbed me at 25 and said, I showed you already how you do it. Number one, you got to believe in me, and number two, you got to believe in the possibility. And so I'm here to say, I've actually made a lot using these techniques. I know how they really work. But does any of this stuff actually work? On this show, we're going to try out tools and methods that promise results. Yeah, we're going to be human guinea pigs. This is how we're going to do it. Each week... One of us, either Becca or me, will present a real work-life issue that she's having. Then we'll try out a self-help method to solve it and report back. This week, it's Becca's turn. Becca, what is the problem you were trying to solve? So I have trouble keeping track of all of the things that I have to do. For a long time, I didn't have a calendar app on my phone. I didn't have a dedicated notebook for taking notes. And I like sporadically made to-do lists. And I have this idea that if I were better about writing things down, then I would be more on top of my stuff and my work would be better. Okay. 
So you want to write things down more. There are a million ways to do that, right? People have apps. People have books they've written about it. What, what is your chosen method of getting there? Bullet journaling. Bullet journaling. Sounds violent. What is it? <laughs> it's not violent. A bullet journal is a journal, a calendar, and a to-do list all in one. It kind of reminds me of one of those planners that you'd get at the beginning of the school year in high school, but you get to decide what goes in it for your own purposes, so it's customizable. The pages have these dots on them instead of lines or a blank page. That's why it's called a bullet journal. And the dot grid makes it easy to create different types of calendars or spreads. So it's like a planner that you could buy in a store, only you kind of have to draw it yourself. Correct. So what made you want to be a bullet journaler? I first saw bullet journals all over Instagram. There are tons of people who post pictures of these hand-drawn journal pages with the hashtag Boojo, which is short for bullet journal. Boo-jo. I get it. (laughs) And the drawings are super high quality, ornate. They look incredible. And like a lot of things on Instagram, it feels totally inaccessible for normal people like me who have zero artistic ability. But that is also the allure. If thousands of people can do this, why can't I? It's aspirational. So it's easier to understand if I show you. So I'm going to pull up a video from a popular bullet journaler named Amanda Rachel Lee. Hey everyone, it's Amanda. Welcome back to my channel. October is coming Every month, Amanda puts up a YouTube video of her setting up her bullet journal with that month's calendars, to-do lists, trackers, and all the spreads. And so here's one from October. Okay, so for this month's theme, we are doing something that you guys have been asking me to do basically since I started bullet journaling. We are doing magic and wizardry. I... So she is very skillfully drawing witch and wizardry themed things on her journal. There's a scroll, there's a cauldron, there's a hat. It looks like something I could never, ever do. This does not, this doesn't seem like something I would spend time on. And it looks like it takes a lot of skill. And I'm also struggling to see how this makes anyone more efficient since she seems to be spending a lot of time making drawings. Yeah, this is just the aesthetic part of the bullet journal. Okay. On the other page, I decided to do a quote, and of course I had to do a quote that was said by the legend herself, J.K. Rowling. It says, we all have magic inside us, which I thought was obviously very fitting for this theme. Oh, okay, so inspirational quotes from Harry Potter are also a part of this organizational system? (laughs) It's not a requirement, but that is definitely part of the vibe. It's like you have to have beautiful handwriting, be really good at drawing, and also be into inspirational quotes like you (laughs) want your life to be better it's part of the culture like the zeitgeist of the bullet journal yeah it definitely it seems like a lot yeah so the decorating part which we're watching is just the beginning of setting up the journal and she goes on to hand draw calendars she makes something called a mood tracker to keep track of her mood throughout the month and it's all hand drawn and decorated on theme to harry potter And this happens every month, right? Every single month. So it's a lot. I can't imagine trying to get organized by committing to this level of, like, artistry and perfection. I could never do that. That's my worst nightmare. You see that and you think, 
I want to try same it. thing. Oh my, I'm, I'm not a good at this kind of thing at all. But I think that these people are probably so on top of their shit. Okay. Right? Like, don't you just want to be the type of person that keeps a beautiful hand-drawn weekly calendar and does it every week and fills it out every week and then you've achieved all of your goals? Okay, so what we do on this show is experiment on ourselves to see if these methods really work. So you want to be better at writing things down. You've decided to try bullet journaling. So what is your experiment? What are you going to do? For my experiment, I have decided to use a bullet journal for two full months. I'm going to see if using this journal makes me any better at writing stories or doing my job. And at the end of your experiment, how will you know if bullet journaling has, in fact, made you more organized? I think if I can stick to it and use it every day, then it's proven to be worthwhile. I immediately discovered that there is a high barrier to entry for bullet journaling. The setup is a lot. There are YouTube videos explaining how to do it, but the possibilities for what a bullet journal can be or look like are endless. A given journal can have multiple to-do lists, calendars, and trackers, so it's hard to know where to start or what to put in it. Also, there is a lot of jargon and bullet journal-specific rules. This is what's called like the future log is what we're getting into. A future log it just is kind of like at a glance, You know, you've got your dates down the left side of it. You could also add a second column that's kind of just like, okay, if you do a less than symbol, that is for things that you schedule. Um, An open circle is kind of like the core idea, but I do a square to do. When you finish the thing, you put an X through the dot. It's complicated to explain. It's not that complicated to do. And I think that's after I did it and I was trying to explain it to other people, they just their eyes sort of glaze over. And but as soon as you get it, you're just like, oh, this is not complicated at all. That's Rachel Wilkerson Miller. She's one of the celebrities of the bullet journal world. She wrote a book called Dot Journaling, A Practical Guide. I asked her to help me set mine up, which I know is kind of cheating, but it was super helpful. All right, we got October, November. Wait, am I? I missed, I think I forgot a month. Did I forget July? Major. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she decoded the language and helped me decide what spreads I might find useful. And after an hour and a half with her, I had a basic layout. I had a monthly calendar, an activity tracker for documenting how often I do certain habits like cleaning my apartment and making dinner. And then she showed me how to make daily to-do lists and daily journal entries. The journal, it's the brand called Loisturm, cost me $20, and then I spent another $15 on pens. I bought the Pilot Precise V5 retractable pens in black, and then another pack of pilot pens in an assortment of colors. Okay, so you spent a lot of time on the setup. How did it go from there? At first, I was very into it. About a weekend, I got into the studio to talk about it. That's how excited I was. I've used up 18 pages in one week, which I don't know what the measurement is, but that seems like a lot. And I just kind of like look forward to opening it in the morning and making my to-do list 
Um, and then I really look forward to at night when you get to write your little night notes, or I call them night notes. It's like your journal. You look forward to writing it. You wake up thinking about writing in your journal. That's, yeah, that sounds into it. Yeah, I was, I think, you know, when you start a new project, you get really into it, like, predictably. I do. I don't know about you. You know, I, I was like, I'm going to commit. And I did. And one weekend I was. You were all about it. High on life. <laughs> but pretty soon I developed a love-hate relationship with it. A few weeks in, I still liked it, but it quickly started to feel more like a rewarding chore, like going to the gym. I know it'll feel good once I do it, but most of the time I'd rather just sit on the couch. And then it only devolved from there. In a matter of weeks, I started having trouble fitting it into my life. Here's me less than a month into it. I have a confession to make. I haven't done the journal part of the bullet journal. And let's see. Opening it up. Let's see. Okay, I did it one week ago. I wrote some notes. So, kind of a failure. Also fell behind on my activity tracker and was unable to like remember all the things I did. But it's really hard because I come home at night and it's so late. I just don't do it. But tonight I'm home at like a reasonable hour. It's eight. So I'm going to do the journal part. So I started developing these two conflicting feelings. On the one hand, I get really mad at myself for not using it. But then I started getting mad at the journal for when I did end up using it because I felt like it was getting in the way of my life. Okay, so there's been a major bullet journal development. Um, I'm at dinner at an Italian restaurant. It's my birthday. And I thought of something I had to write in my bullet journal to put it on my to-do list, which is talk to the lawyers at work about something important. And I put it in my bullet journal, and then I got olive oil all over (laughs) the, like, tassels. It's just a mess. Anyway, just like a, just a bad thing that happened. It's like, I don't use my bullet journal when it's convenient. (laughs) Like, I should be doing this, like, every night and, like, checking in. But, like, I'm not going to check in tonight. It's Friday night. So instead I got freaking olive oil all over. Anyway, happy birthday to me. Wow. That was a low (laughs) point. That's a little, it was a little self-pitying. But, okay, you went from being excited to get up in the morning so that you could write in your bullet journal to, like, it sounds like being angry at your bullet journal (laughs) for existing and demanding that you write in it at dinner when it's your birthday and you'd rather just be having fun. Yeah, I really went downhill so quickly. (laughs) Yeah, at this point, I'm a little demoralized, and I'm wondering why am I doing all of this? It doesn't take any time to have a good idea or to be creative or innovative or strategic. Those don't take time. What those do require is space. That is David Allen. He's arguably the creator of the entire life hack industry. He wrote a book called Getting Things Done in 2001, and it sold over a million copies since. I called him up at his home in Amsterdam to ask about the benefits of writing things down in my bullet journal. 
If your head is still wrapped around food you should have bought this morning or the last meeting you were in and you didn't write down all the stuff that you promised somebody that you would do, or if you've got stuff that you've committed to do, then you haven't tracked that and you're still trying to use your head as your office, your head is an absolutely crappy office. And most people are trying to use their head as their office and it didn't evolve or is not designed to remember, remind, prioritize or any of that. So in David Allen's theory, the bullet journal would be the thing that is supposed to hold all of the things that are cluttering up your head right now and keeping you from doing your best work. Exactly. And in some ways, my bullet journal was doing that. Like, I was really good at the daily to-do lists. We were working on this big project at the time, The Paycheck, a miniseries podcast about the gender pay gap that I hosted and you also worked on. Plug. (laughs) Go listen. And keeping the lists helped me stay on top of what could have been a very stressful and overwhelming project. In other ways, it wasn't working for me because I wasn't using it. And the thing that was particularly difficult for me to get into was the tracker. Like I said, the bullet journal can do a million things, but I'm going to talk about the tracker for a little while because I really struggled with it. More on my struggles after the break. I had made a very basic habit tracker where every day I was supposed to track if I made dinner or cleaned my apartment or did a series of other good habits. And I wasn't using it. I was really beating myself up about not using this tracker. But as Rachel, my personal bullet journal Sherpa, told me, the whole point of the bullet journal is that it's customizable and that you can and should create something that works for you. So it's kind of like you need to customize it for yourself and just sort of be realistic about your own limitations and figuring out if something's not working for you, like really narrowing in on like what the problem is. So you can fix it without scrapping the whole thing. I think, too, like the whole point is that like you kind of set it up one page at a time and like you can embrace that flexibility where it's like if a weekly spread isn't working for you, you just start something new the next page and you move on. So Rachel said I really had to figure out what my specific problem was and then I could change it. So I decided that my tracker was the problem because I was putting in all this work to collect this data of how many times I did X, Y, and Z things and then wasn't really doing anything with it. So I decided that I needed a new tracker that collected more interesting data. Here's me explaining the tracker I chose to my boyfriend, Danny. So basically, I'm going to track how much I drink every day in ounces, but ounces are cups, how many cups I drink every day, and then how much I spend on it. Why did you choose to track your alcohol intake? <laughs> um, I just felt like the tracker as it was was not specific enough. Like I tracked my activities back in April, way back when. And I was just like, well, I don't really care how often I drink. I more care about how much I drink and how much I spend on it. Are you trying to reduce the amount of alcohol you consume? No. Why are you asking me so skeptically? This just seems like a tracker for people who want to reduce or want to drink less. No, I just want to know. 
I feel like you really just did this so you could draw that picture of a cocktail. I didn't even know I was going to do that until the end. Rude. Well, what would you track? I would track my sleep. Yeah, I don't care about that. You should track the amount of times you nag me. I don't do that. Oh, man. I got a lot of pushback on the drink tracker from Danny. Yeah, you did. He, I mean, I can sort of get what he's saying, which is like, why even pay attention to a habit if you're not, if there's nothing about the habit that you want to change. But I could also see, you said you were going to track how much money you were spending, right? So like, if you can see how much money you're spending, you might shock yourself into spending less, right? Like the expectation is that the number is going to be like, oh, I didn't realize I thought the original tracker was dumb and I was yeah. going to do a better yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. So you I wanted better data. Better data. And despite the guff I got, I ended up liking it a lot better than my other tracker. I did it every day and I actually was into the data I was collecting, which turned out to be incredibly revealing. At the end of the month, I tallied up how much I drank and how much I had spent and it added up to $185. Here's me talking to our producer Topher about it. Do you think you're going to do anything with that? information? What am I going to do with that information? I think it kind of makes me feel okay about how much I'm spending on this recreational habit and how much I'm doing it to say to myself, like, I wasn't really checking myself. I wasn't like, you can only spend $10 a day or like, you can only drink this much a week, but like left to my own devices that I'm like spending a reasonable amount of money on drinking. You began this thing as a way to like clear space in your mind so that you can focus on other things. Right. And I'm wondering, you know, does having that tracker, having this information help accomplish that goal of freeing your mind up for other things? Or maybe it's giving you a peace of mind so you're not spending as much time thinking about it. Yeah, I think so, because I have anxiety around money. Like I have anxiety around spending money. And when even when I buy a round of drinks and I do it willingly and happily because it's like nice to buy people things and um in the back of my mind i'm like oh like a 50 dollar bill for drinks stresses me out but now seeing like how it balances out in a month i think i can feel a little better so that i think that is the beauty of the bullet journal The things cluttering up my mind aren't just tasks, but anxieties and guilt about my work. And the trackers and calendars and journals and to-do lists help me manage those feelings. Oh, wow, that's pretty deep. All that from a drink tracker. Okay, so it sounds like you had a lot of ups and downs, but at the end you kind of came around to feeling like maybe this was even more useful than you thought it was going to be. But at the beginning you did say that you would think it was a success if you wrote in your bullet journal every day for two months. So did you do that? Yes. If that is the measurement of success, then yes, I did that. I use the to-do list every day. But did I become the aspirational bullet journal user? Let me show you my journal. This is a real reveal. Yeah. So 
Wow. This is how it started. This was the first spread I made with Rachel. That's the calendar. That's the habit tracker. You know, mm. mm-hmm. some other things, to-do lists. It looks okay. Yeah, we're looking at something that's very well used. It definitely shows that you used it a lot. I'm going to say your handwriting's not like that great. So, yeah, here's a March recap where I tried to channel my inner creative oh, person. <laughs> this is the artistic part. Yeah. You've drawn three stars, like not even fancy stars. They're just they're just little five-pointed stars that you colored in, and you've kind of squiggly underlined some of the cursive writing that you did. But, like, this doesn't look like the professional calligraphy that you see in the Instagram pictures. No. Let me show you the, the um, infamous drink tracker. Oh, yeah. That looks cool. Kind of. Yeah. And there's some smudging. I mean, this looks neat and tidy. Look, like, this looks like a, a journal that you used a lot, that you got a lot of use out of. It's, I mean, I don't want to insult you, but it's not that pretty. <laughs> to be fair, I was really bad at making it. Montage! The thing is, it really doesn't matter if it's not perfect, because you're the one who has to look at it every day. I'm just, like, so nervous to mess up that it comes out looking kind of dumb. Oh, my God. This is ugly. Ooh. I'm really messing up. Basically, like, I'm getting black pen in places it shouldn't be. What the hell did that happen? This pen? I don't love this pen. Oh, God. It's ugly. Um, oh, Becca, you're, you found a new thing to be hard on yourself about. <laughs> you know what? That is 100% correct. See, this is exactly my problem with these kinds of, like, DIY crafty solutions to things. It's like the the bar is pretty high, and you could be, like, perfectly organized and actually using your bullet journal really well, but if you're not coloring perfectly within the margins or drawing beautiful pictures of flowers, you end up feeling bad about yourself. Yeah. I didn't feel that bad about it, which is maybe even part of the problem. Like, I just didn't really care enough. But in the moment, I have a lot of angst, as you can hear. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think I will ever be like Rachel or the bullet journal experts on Instagram. But I do keep to-do lists now. And I don't think the value of writing things down can be understated. It's not just about getting tasks out of your head so you can concentrate on other things, although that's nice. For me, it's about managing stress and anxiety. And maybe for others, it can be too. Next time on Works For Me, it's Francesca's turn to fix a part of her life that isn't working for her. She's going to fix her mornings. Okay, it's 7.24 now. I really need to get up. We've pressed news twice. Thanks for listening to Works For Me. If you like the show, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and rate, review, or subscribe to the show. And most importantly, tell your friends to listen. And we want to give a special thanks to Liz Smith, Topher Forehez, and Pia Godkari, who voiced the fantasy sequence at the top of the show. Are there any problems in your work life that you're dying to fix? 
We would love to hear about them. Call us and leave us a voicemail at 212-617-0166, and we might use it on the air. Or you can tweet at us. I'm at Francesca Today. And I'm at RZ Greenfield. This show was hosted and reported by me, Rebecca Greenfield. And me, Francesca Levy. The show was produced by Topher Forges. Jordan Spear did our illustrations. And Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcast. See you next time.